and welcome to Political Musings on this bright, sunny Monday. Today, we are going to talk about the best little whorehouse in Texas, also known as the Chicken Ranch. We're going to talk a little bit about the true story and some of my personal attachments to the musical. Let's start out with that one. Now, when you're doing a show, picture me, oh, 30 years younger, in much better shape, young, slim, and active, and majoring in dance at Lamar University. Well, the theater department at Lamar decided one summer to put on the show Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which is based on actual events that happened and very loosely based, but it is based on real people. And the real story is, well, as Texas politics often is, funnier than the play. But we, one of the things you do when you're putting on a show is you'll go around to various organizations and do a couple of numbers from the show to try to get people to show up, buy tickets. And that's what we did. We were at the Rotary Club in Beaumont. Now, as it turns out, no one else in the show knew anyone in that meeting except for me. And I knew Everyone, in fact, the mostly men in that room had known me <clears throat> since I was in diapers. That's how long. Because it was quite a large group of people from Temple Emanuel. Now, Beaumont is a town, at the time, of about 110,000 people. There were about 500 Jews in all of southeast Texas, and needless to say, we knew each other. We're singing the song, which you're going to hear in a little bit. It's just a little bitty pissant country place. And <clears throat> I was wearing costume that was a little mini skirt halter neck dress with platform heels because all of this happened in the early 70s. So that's, that's the stage. And we're Singing just a little bitty pissant country place, nothing much to see. And right on the word see, the button popped off of my halter neck and exposed both of my breasts to everyone in the room. Now, fortunately, this was the early 80s, mid 80s. I grabbed those straps, held them tightly behind my head and finished the number. But what had happened had happened. Now, fortunately for me, because this was the 80s, not everyone had camera phones. Nobody had them. Nobody had mobile phones. Those were just, you know, things that happened. You know, people had car phones, and that was a luxury item. Only, in, you know, people with lots of money had a car phone. And they were big and bulky. They didn't have these little things that we keep in our pocket now that were a computer and a camera and video and all that. So nobody was taking pictures. And, you know, the Internet wasn't a big thing yet. So, you know, 
wasn't going all over, you know, somehow still, because this was a room full of people who had known me since I was a baby. The word of what happened made it home before I did. Now, having had that traumatic event, I decided to go to a castmate's house and just get drunk and try to forget that I had just exposed my breast to, you know, half the men at Temple Emanuel. And so when I got to her house, I called my mother. She said, Amy, what happened? Kim just called me. That's my sister. Bill called her, that's her husband, from the country club where he ran into Jay Eisen, who said you were stripping at the Rotary Club. All of this before I could get across town. Somebody, and, and think of this, you know, this, this is before the internet and web and all that kind of stuff, camera phones and whatnot. Someone had to go from the hotel where the performer was, go to the country club, run into my brother-in-law, who then called my sister on a landline, who then called my mother on a landline, all in the time it took me to get across town. Somehow, even without the web, word spread like wildfire across the globe. So there we have it. Well, just to give you a taste of what that song was like, here is from the stage production. I do recommend the stage production over the movie. Movie, just no, don't go there. Here's a little old bitty pissant country place from Best Little Whorehouse. It's just a little old bitty pissant country place. Nothing much to see, no drinking allowed. We get a nice quiet crowd, plain as it can be. It's just a pilly squatting old time country place. Nothing too high toned, just lots of goodwill and maybe one small thrill. But there's nothing dirty going on. Let's see. 
my telephone with other people's business. Are you with me, honey? And please don't show me no tattoos, no hearts and flowers on your thigh. It's downright tacky. Brands belong on cattle. And that ain't what we're selling at Miss Mona's. You catch my crib? You don't need to get your daily business done You listening good? So keep those leeches and bloodsuckers off the back road I know how to use a gun No one messes with my girls And any questions you might have about the way I run this place Don't grab and whine behind my back Just tell me face to face I'm open-minded Say it all, then go upstairs and pack From the stage show, the original cast, Little Old Bitty Piss Ant Country Place. Now, there's 
there's a big story behind this, as usual, a lot of big Texas names, but it all started with a whorehouse that was started in 1844 in LaGrange, Texas. Now, in the show, you'll hear it referred to as Gilbert. But in actuality, the chicken ranch was in LaGrange. Now, my uh, grandmother on my mother's side and, and her cousins and so forth, they grew up and, you know, born and raised in Hempstead, Texas, which is not terribly far from LaGrange. So when the stage show came out, my mother took my grandmother and some of her friends to see the show in Houston. Well, sometime into the first act... One of my grandmother's friends turned to her and said, Is this about the chicken ranch? Sometimes the audience is more entertaining than the show. But this is a great show, so I I recommend it to everyone. Now, in in the stage show, the person that shuts down the chicken ranch has a different name, Melvin Thorpe. But in reality, the actual person is Marvin Zindler, Marvin Zindler Eyewitness News. Now, if you're from the Houston area and you're old enough to remember Marvin Zindler, he died, oh, about 12 years ago, I think. He died in 2007, so a little bit longer than that, more like 14. But yeah, um, Zindler and Attorney General John Hill died in 2007, and the um, sheriff, Jim Florney, the actual sheriff of Grange of that county, what, uh, he died in 1982. Now, the best production I have ever seen was in Fort Worth, where people knew who Marvin Zindler was, and they, it was not, you know, what you saw in the movie at all, but he was his own character. He wore these blue shaded sunglasses, because he had some sort of condition with his eyes, so he, he couldn't take the light, and uh, he wore white sports coat and had a ridiculous hairpiece with this shock of white hair. And you would frequently see him in front of, say, a group of kindergartners singing about slime in the ice machine, which was a song that they actually sung on this show on the it was on eyewitness news because he would go around and inspect the restaurants and one of his favorite pet peeves was slime in the ice machine and had a whole song about slime in the ice machine if you can imagine 
So let's hear at this point. Let's hear a song from the stage play about Melvin B. Thorpe, a.k.a. Marvin Zindler, from the show. This is the Watchdog theme. Watchdog will get you if you don't watch out. Watchdog sees and watchdog knows. Watchdog keeps us on our toes. Watchdog assures you that the law's the law. No exceptions to the rule. Watchdog ain't no fool. Watchdog protects you. He's out on the prowl. Guards and checks the best he can. Watchdog is a fighting man. Watchdog will throw his beam of light around If some folks don't toe the line Watchdog's light will shine <laughs> And that was the Watchdog theme. Now, just to give you a little better idea, we're going to play the song that we played at the start of the show, but we're going to give you the whole thing. This is, Texas has a whorehouse in it. With yours truly, Melvin P. Thorpe. This week's spotlight will shine on a situation that has been allowed to exist right in the shadows of the state capitol. Let's get it out in the open. Isn't this the age of telling it like it is? Well, here goes, and God forgive me. Texas has a whorehouse in it. Texas has a whorehouse in it. I'll expose the facts, although it fills me with disgust. Please excuse the filthy dark details and carnal lust. Dancing going on inside it. Don't you see they've gone plumb wild? I inquired, no one denied it. Now I think I'm getting riled. Bodies close together, arms and legs all rearranged. And the sheriff does not close it down. That's very strange. from here. Here they are, our own Melvin B. Thorpe singers. Texas has a I'll not let this scandal fade. Texas has a I'll uproot and I'll crusade. I can smell corruption and I'll fight it to the top. Love this copulation going on. And it must stop. Corruption and you'll find it to the top. 
that dial, neighbors. I'll be back again tomorrow and the next day and the next with new and revealing information on this case. Watchdog never sleeps. And it was I can't hear the music. Uh, that was Texas has a whorehouse in it. That was from the stage play, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. We're talking about the chicken ranch today here on Political Musings because it is all about politics. Now, when... It first opened back in uh, in 1915, I believe. Yes. It was was started by a woman named Madam Edna Milton. Now, uh, when she passed on, it was taken over. Uh, I'm sorry. It, Chicken Ranch was purchased in July thir- uh, 31st, 1915 by Aunt Jessie Williams. I love that she's called Aunt Jessie. And uh, Edna Milton took over in 61 and ran it till its demise in 1973 now one of the things you heard the song earlier in the show little bitty percent country place talked about the rules well these were actual rules of the chicken ranch they were not you know these these were um respectable women of ill repute that's right. It was respectable House of Ill Repute. And, in fact, the the sheriff, Sheriff Flournoy, used to go out there and he would find out what the more serious criminals were doing. Because sometimes they would go to the chicken ranch and confess their crimes to the ladies there. So, that's how he kept things clean and um, that little county was by uh, checking out what was going on from the ladies at the chicken ranch. Now, it wasn't until, I believe it was 1972, interesting year, 72, 73, a lot happened in that year, that... Um, Hancock was assistant attorney general was was appointed to a a task force by um, attorney general John Hill. Hancock was put in charge of an organized crime task force. And it was Hancock that recruited Marvin Zindler. 
to do an expose on the chicken ranch. And they never did prove corruption that they set out to do. But eventually, Governor Dolph Briscoe said, well, chicken ranch has got to close. Now, these these folks, um, it's hard to say what all happened there, but uh, needless to say, it was somebody trying to make a name for themselves because they wanted the job of governor. And so they thought, you know, creating this big scene and shutting down the chicken ranch was going to do it. Well, in the stage play, there's a scene where you see the Aggie Angelettes. Now, this is, for those of you who grew up in Texas, you know that Texas has a very famous drill team. Drill teams are big here in Texas. But the Kilgore Rangerettes, which is a junior college over in Kilgore, Texas, in East Texas, they are world-renowned as this fantastic drill team. They, they weren't at A&M. They were at Kilgore. But, you know, it was necessary to bring them in because that's a big part of Texas football is the drill team. So, in the play, what they do is they have girls with life-size ragdolls on either side of them that whenever the girls kick, the ragdolls kick as well. It's a, it's a cute little number. So here from that is the Angelette March from Bessel Whorehouse. This football game has been a real stimulator, just as the experts thought it would. And now, as the gladiators collect themselves during this timeout, let's spend a few special moments with a bunch of kids as American as the 4th of July and as refreshing as country rain. There they are, the fabled Texas Aggie Angelettes, as fine a bouquet of long-stilled American beauties as you will find. Now before we go back to play, let's switch down to the sidelines and to the golden voice of the Sunshine Network, Chip Brewster. Hi there, sports fans. I'm talking with Imogene Charlene Green of the fabled Texas Aggie Angelettes. We're going to find out a little about the wonderful lives of these wonderful precision girls. Imogene Charlene, I imagine the two Angelettes must undergo quite a rigid program of discipline. Oh, this is very true. An Angelette must be a very dedicated type of person. Just fabulous, wonderful, and great. Most of you girls are beauty queens, isn't that right? Oh, this is very true. Well, I myself have been Miss Crooked Eye Concentrate, Miss High Heel Post, Miss Vocational Educational Opportunity, Miss T.I. Benefit. Just super wonderful. Miss Medical Alcohol, Miss TV Dinner, and Miss Mistaken Identity. I know you girls must have 
have high ideals and look up to people who embody those qualities you most admire. Will you tell us quickly who are your three all-time great American heroes? Oh, Jesus! That's one, now name two more. Abduct you, Bob. that was the Angelette March from Bessel Her House in Texas. Now, in the, in the show, they talk about Texas tradition, which really hasn't been a Texas tradition so much for a pretty long time now because of the way things have rolled out in college football. But when I was a kid, every year on Thanksgiving... The Longhorns and the Aggies would battle it out at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Now, in the show, one of the things that's talked about, the winner, the winning team would get taken to the Chicken Ranch. And in the stage show, they start out by decorating the house in both orange and burgundy and white and then whoever wins the game they take down the other team's color so if the longhorns win they take down the burgundy and if the aggies win they take down the orange and in the in the show the aggies win now interesting thing about this College Station, where University of Te- Texas A&M University is located, very close to LaGrange. And LaGrange is between Houston and Austin, so very close to Austin, where the Longhorns are from. So both teams are very close proximity to the Chicken Ranch. Although Dallas a little further north, a few hours, where where the game was usually played. Also the home of the Cotton Bowl, obviously, which no longer happens anymore. It's a sad thing, but something I grew up with as a kid. Now, the song about the Aggies is the next thing we're going to hear. This is the Aggie song, and in the show... There's a great number that they do where they dance on the side of their boots. It's a great show. They do it in the um, in the musical in the movie as well. But uh, let's hear the Aggie song. 
Austin, Texas. Today on Political Musing, we're talking about the best little whorehouse in Texas, the stage show, the movie, and the actual place in LaGrange, Texas. When I was a little kid, I went to Camp Longhorn in the summertime, and the road from Beaumont to Burnett, Texas, where the camp was located, Took us right past the chicken ranch through LaGrange. So there we were. And everybody would point it out and laugh. Now, there is a uh, Edna, Edna Milton. She arrived at the chicken ranch from Oklahoma in 1952. She was only 23 years old. But she proved to be an entrepreneur, and eventually she bought the ranch from Miss Jessie's heirs for $30,000, which was actually more than the property value. But she'd already established herself. She had a good relationship with Sheriff Flournoy, who had been elected in 1946. So he was in charge all the way. He was sheriff from 1946 through 73. Now, uh, she had a con, uh, social contact between the girls and the residents. She uh, didn't allow that. But um, the previous madam, during World War One, was she would have her girls right to the boys from from LaGrange that were fighting over in the war. They would write letters to them. And I, I think this is a this is something that they kept going, you know, it's the World War Two and so forth. That the girls would write to the soldiers overseas. That's kind of a neat little thing that happened there. Well what happened with Marvin Zindler shutting it down had to do with Attorney General's task force and Governor Dolph Briscoe. So here's a little song from the show. This is about the governor, and the governor's not called Dolph Briscoe, but that's who it was, called The Sidestep, one of my favorite songs from the show. Friends, I want to thank you for that warm and sincere Christian welcome. Gentlemen, you may ask your questions now. What about the chicken ranch, Governor? Fellow Texans, I'm proudly standing here to humbly say, I assure you, and I mean it, now who says I don't speak out as plain as day And fellow Texans I'm for props And the flag Long may it fly I'm a poor boy 
come to greatness. So it follows that I cannot tell a lie. What the hell did he say? Just the natural law of economics. Now the real cause of this unemployment thing is that people are out of work. Governor, are you taking action against the chicken ranch? Now, my good friends, it behooves me to be solemn and declare I'm for goodness and for profit and for living clean and saying daily prayer. And now, my good friends, oh, you can sleep now. Continue to stand tall. You can trust me, for I promise I shall keep a watchful eye upon y'all. This is all going over my head. You and Will Chamberlain. Ooh, I love to dance the little sidestep. Now they see me, now they don't. I've come and gone. And ooh, I love to sweep around the wide step. Cut a little swap and lead the people. Problems in here. Aren't you worried about possible payouts and crimes out there? Governor, what are you prepared to do about Miss Mona and the chicken ranch? Now, Miss Mona, I don't know her, though I've heard the name. Oh, yes. But of course, I've no close contact. So, what she is doing, I can only guess, but oh, Miss Mona. She's a blemish on the face of that good town. I am taking certain steps here. Someone somewhere's gonna have to close her down. <laughs> The sidestep. That was the governor. Who in real life was Governor Dolph Briscoe who shut down the chicken ranch? Now we're coming around to the end of the show today. And as always, I want to remind you, please, if you're not already, get registered, get informed, and go vote. And if you don't have anything nice to say, Come sit next to me. Now let's end the show with one last song.
from Best Little Horror House in Texas, one of the most famous songs from the show, Hard Candy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 